Hello, all of you Bulletproof Marketer fans out there. It's your host, Christopher Tompkins, and you are listening to one of our classic BPM episodes. So I hope you enjoy. everybody and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host Christopher Tompkins. Today we have an awesome show. We are going to be talking to legal marketing strategist Elizabeth Ortega, which is also one of my friends um, and my network. Um, I'm so excited to talk to her because I'm always so in awe of her experience and her skills and uh, it's she brings so much to the table. So you guys sent some really fantastic questions for her. So I'm going to bring her on in a minute or so. Um, and we're just going to we're going to hammer through those and share um, all of her insight into some legal marketing strategies that you could be using beyond the legal industry, by the way, too. So even if you're not in the legal industry, this is still going to be an interesting interview, because Elizabeth always has some really cutting edge things to say. And um, I really love talking to her. So it's gonna be a good conversation. So if you are um, joining us for the first time, I really do urge you to check out our um, archived episodes. We do have archived episodes on um, our podcast channels, which you know you can get on Stitcher, Overcast, iTunes, whatever you listen to podcasts on. And, um, and you can do a simple search for the Social Marketing Academy, um, or you can go to our website, um, gosalesandmarketing.com. Again, that's gosalesandmarketing.com. On the top right-hand corner, we have all of our social media links, so you can click through and find us there as well. We put out lots of information um, on this show that can help you really level up your digital marketing. So if you were looking to do, um, uh, and, uh, and beyond too, because we talk about PR, we talk about affiliate marketing, we talk about um, SEO, we talk about strategic communications, we talk about editorial calendars social media, everything. So if there's any topic that you would like to see me cover in a future episode of the show, please, please, please get in touch. You can get through our website or through social media and just tell me like, hey, I'd like to learn more about this or there's here's a question I have about PR or whatever. Um, I have a really strong network of professionals that I would love to introduce you to that are fantastic in the area of their expertise. And they are people that I refer my clients to all the time. So I want you to have access to these people as well. So um, again, make sure that you subscribe. And while you're on the website, for example, gosalesandmarketing.com, make sure that you check out our blog. We put out regular content written by me and my team that um, will help you look at marketing in a different way. We look at trends, we look at how to's, we look at uh, how to make a pivot in your marketing plan and strategy to influence your marketing and beyond. So please take a look at that. Currently we have a free e-course that you can sign up for on the uh, main page of our website. So please take a look at that as well. And we do these um, shows once a week, um, every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time. So Please check out the live stream whenever you can. Um, we have video for that, and that is on um, YouTube and Facebook for sure. So you can take a look at that on our pages. Um, but aside from that, I want to kind of transition into our show today. We have the fantastic Elizabeth Ortega. She has been um, a friend of mine now um, for just about a year. We've, we met 
um, in 2020. And I was just really, really impressed with her background. So when it came to looking for someone that was a specialist in legal marketing, I wanted to bring her on because her insights are just absolutely stupendous. And you'll see as soon as we start talking, she's extremely skilled in this area. She's the principal in EC, of ECO Strategic Communications, okay? So ECO Strategic Communications. I'm gonna give you all the links. They're gonna be in the description so you can check it out. Um, and she also co-founded the International Academy of Financial Crime Litigators. Uh, Elizabeth has like over 20 years of experience in this field, so she's fantastic. But let me let's let's just bring her on, okay? I'm gonna bring Elizabeth into the room so we can we can all uh, have a conversation with her and learn from her expertise. And hey, here she is. She is coming in. Um, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah, it's so good to have you on. I was just telling everybody. Um, that as a legal marketing strategist, you're going to be bringing a lot to our conversation today uh, because I was thinking about um, a lot of people were asking me, hey, you know, you cover so many topics in a general way, you know, can we talk about maybe marketing in a more specific niche such as legal? And I was like, ah, Elizabeth is the one I'm going to have on this episode. So Elizabeth, uh, kind of in your own words, can you just like give a quick introduction about your kind of your experience um, uh, as a legal marketing specialist? Sure, thank you for the opportunity. So I've been servicing the legal industry for over 25 years now. Um, I started in-house at a law firm overseeing their branding endeavors. Yes. And as a result of that work, we saw that there was tremendous need for crisis communications right. in uh, terms of the firm's clients. Mm -hmm. And so I progressed onto that role and um, found that working with the external clients, um, there were other areas that I wanted to tap into. And so I always thought I needed that agency side experience before launching my own operation and ultimately did that. And um, did that for a very short period of time and founded EcoStrats at that point. And mm -hmm. in essence, what we do is um, we keep lawyers in or out of the public eye. Mm -hmm. And that means if you or your client is contending a litigious matter that is going to be of public interest, you would work with someone like me to help you craft your messaging. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if you're working on an extremely sensitive matter and you know that you have an ongoing case and um, you are not in a position to take a stand or to yet divulge information pertaining to the case, you would work with us so that we could oversee the media strategy and we would counsel you as to how you could minimize or maximize the exposure. Wow. Yeah, see, th this is really good because one of the things that, um, and it's it's kind of, and I want everyone to understand this as well, even though I'm an agency owner and I do digital marketing as well, you have to kind of talk to experts in the niches um, to get advice on how things should be handled. So for example, um, I would turn to someone like Elizabeth from as, as an agency owner, I'm not, I'm not all knowing. <laughs> I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I need help. Um, and it's nice to have um, somebody that is in your network that you were able to go to with questions um, that are tough 
when you're dealing with a legal client. So for example, and this is kind of just kind of diving in, um, a personal one. Um, and one of the things that we had come up was a client of ours who will remain, will remain nameless, um, took on a case for, this was just after the um, Brianna Taylor and all of the Black Lives Matter, um, the movement really mobilized. And it was, there was a, um, a homeless person that was beaten up by the police and the lawyer took him on as a client and then said, okay, how do I promote this? And for me, I, I said, well, you know, are, are you going to, how far are you going to go with media? Are you going to actually be a pundit? Are you going to be on there? And he said, oh yeah, here's my interview link. And I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, what, what I, I think about as you're saying this is you have to have a game plan to quickly yeah. establish a credible narrative. Yes. That's from the onset. In my case, I'm working with lawyers, incredibly sophisticated and brilliant lawyers that sometimes can get caught up in the jargon. And so yeah. what I view as my number one role is I explain concepts in a non-legal yeah. way to reach a wider business understanding. Mm -hmm. So we want to simplify. I, I think it was my mentor uh, in college who said, you wanna write at the fourth grade level where everyone yep. can understand what you're saying. And you know, when we talk about credible, I think it's important to also think about how relatable your story can be. Right. So you've already, by giving me the example, laid out a scenario. We have a homeless person. We have a lawyer taking on a cause. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you have a cause. And so have you gauged your audience? Do you know what your audience is looking for? Do you know what their concerns are? Uh, you know, what are, what are the first reactions to a situation? Mm -hmm. Right. Because the first account of that situation that's the narrative that is going to stick and linger in people's minds. And that's why the expertise becomes so critical. Mm -hmm. Well, it is. And it's, it's so much in the approach and how the, and I think that this is really important for, for both of, for clients of ours that we prospective clients, we come at this with fresh eyes. We come at this with a different perspective based on our experience. And I personally know where my past experience and my knowledge has, a, has an endpoint where I need to tap into another knowledge base in order to get the, to fully realize how the client should be handled sometimes, especially if it's something like this. And crisis communication and things like that um, are, are, are definitely more in the PR stratosphere for me. Um, so we don't, we handle them through social, obviously, but uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, when, when um, one of the questions, let me just grab one of the questions that we had from our audience, because I don't want to just take up all the time on my own stories. Uh, one of the questions that we got asked a lot via social was, how do I make myself more visible to attract clients and grow my book of business? Okay, that's, oh, okay. Isn't, that, isn't that the greatest question ever? I mean, I love this question, and I'm a very visual person. So the way I try to explain it is in terms of a, think of a triangle, mm -hmm. right? And so you have these three sides. 
And so these three sides represent three brands. And so the brand right here at the top is the individual brand. Right. And let's say the right tip, your firm's brand. And then the left tip would be that of an organization that you're involved in, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do I make myself more visible? Okay, first is my brand. What are my strengths? Right. Where do I shine? If you were asking me that question, I would say to you, um, when there is a crisis, I become very calm and I can mm -hmm. do a 360 very quickly and I can see all the players and all the moving parts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to logically direct a strategy right. and set the tone mm -hmm. for the campaign right? That's my brand. Mm -hmm. And now if we go to the right corner um, of the triangle, I think of the law firm. Well, you're trying to attract a client, right? You're mm -hmm. pitching along with other firms, right? Let's, let, let's take a law firm example here. Right. And um, what is this client looking for? Because if you're an individual who is a good listener and relatable and you're a good storyteller and you're taking in what your potential client is saying uh, and you're walking them through the process, but the client doesn't quite know you. You don't have rapport. Right. But the client understands that your law firm is the number one asset recovery law firm mm -hmm. in this jurisdiction. That immediately gives you some gravitas, right? Mm -hmm. And so right. it's a combination of, okay, you're a good listener. I see that you're engaged. Mm -hmm. I see that you're repeating, you're mirroring what I'm saying. So you hear me and mm -hmm. I want that because yes. you're understanding my business and my concerns. Mm -hmm. And then you're flanked by this second brand, which is a law firm with a stellar reputation. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're reaching me. And then I look at the left corner and I think, okay, and you are the president of the Asset Recovery Association that is ranked by this publication as the premier one. Mm -hmm. Okay, check, check, right? Because mm -hmm. we're doing our research. Right? right, And I'm looking at you and I'm seeing if you're able to understand what I want to accomplish and what mm -hmm. I'm about. And so you hear me, I've checked that. Mm -hmm. uh, I look at your law firm that establishes who you are, further establishes who you right. are, check. And then you have a third platform. You have a third platform that you have been able to work in and grow and develop as part of your extracurricular activities as a lawyer. Right. I like that. And so yes. what I say to people is that each of these corners reinforce and strengthen the other. And mm -hmm. if you don't have one or the other, the triangle collapses. Right. Now, so with that approach, which I think is brilliant, do you what is the what would be a main question that a client would have or what pushback would you get from a client in terms of the process uh in terms of uh are you the right fit for me yes 
Yes, I think that the pushback would be how many of these cases have you handled? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what have been the results, right? And, and just, to, just to jump in there, when we're talking about results, and this is something that I find a, a lot with, um, with, with attorneys and lawyers, um, what results are they looking at as most important and what are the most important in your eyes? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because there's always a little mean. slight disconnect there. I know what you mean. Okay, yeah. so I'll give you I'll give you an example. I just okay. client. Um, so oftentimes law firms hire us most of the time, but oftentimes their clients hire us mm -hmm. to handle their litigation communications in a case. Gotcha. And so mm -hmm. we have this example in a case right now and the client said well i don't want pr to his client and the mm -hmm. client said well i want pr mm -hmm. and this is when they bring me in as the expert to opine on whether it's time or not right yeah and yep. so they said in six months we're going to be having a hearing a critical hearing that will decide where the funds that have been frozen will be allotted, how yeah. they will be allotted mm -hmm. and, right. and to whom they will be allotted. Mm -hmm. And so it's time for us to the, go to the media. So my client comes to me, says, we don't really want to do this because we're concerned about our legal strategy, but the client is concerned about public perception. They want to be mindful of public opinion. Yes. So come in. So it's the three of us. And I say, you have a hearing in six months. Why is this relevant to me today? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and then like all of a sudden you see, the light bulb goes off, right? Tell me what makes it newsworthy now. Mm -hmm. What's my hook? Give mm -hmm. me something because I want to go. Believe me, this is what I do. Yeah. me, But you have to give me substance, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise I can't go. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's part of the fun of what uh, we do. It's what I enjoy mm -hmm. um, because you're able to say, I want to work with you. I want to lead this strategy, but the time is critical. Mm -hmm. And if the hearing is six months from now, we have no business tapping into the media market right now. Mm -hmm. We have six months to go. Yep. Let's get our duck in, the ducks in a row. Yep. Let's get our strategy in place. Let's crystallize our thoughts mm -hmm. and then we will be ready to go. It's and it's 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 so funny because there's so many there's so many different parallels to this to um, uh, questions that I've been asked and my team have been asked over the years and it's it's one of the things that I liken it to in this example like my version of this is and thank goodness and I'm not I mean everyone's gonna hate me for saying this but thank goodness there's no in-person events this year it's like one year I get off from a, from the boss going to the the um, the conference and then meeting up with all of his his or her buddies. And they're all talking about, oh, Facebook, 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 Facebook. And then he gets back into the offices and I want a Facebook page and campaign tomorrow. <laughs> and then I get the call from the marketing director saying, okay, well, um, my, uh, I'm interested in the Facebook campaign. And then you kind of dig and dig and dig and dig. And it's like, oh, it's just because of this reason. 
but let's look at your industry. Let's look at what you're talking about. Let's look about your, your website's a little challenging. Let's look at the other things that we have in the mix here, because it could be six months down the road that we might want to look into Facebook. Maybe we should be focusing on this first. And it's, it's that, um, that group think mentality that drives me crazy in conferences. So it's nice to have a little break in 2020 from that. Um, but, uh, but no, it's very similar. It's kind of that it, it's that, so what, what is the real reason that you really are, this is at the top of your mind and this is the thing that you're really focused on. It's, it's, is it because it's new and different and exciting? Um, that's great. Well, let's find out when this would work for your storyline, when it would work out for your marketing plan, when it would work out for budget so that we can look at the results because Results in our world sometimes are intangible in terms of financial because, uh, you know, and I'm sure this is the same on your end. When I'm talking about ROI, I'm talking about the two sides of ROI, the return on their investment and the return on their influence. So it, their influence can be engagement. It can be people talking about them, the visibility, the power of their network, how many people are supporting them. And then obviously investment could be how many clients they're getting off of it, how many queries, how many products they're selling in my world. Um, so it's it's just, it's interesting to talk results because um, one of the things I say again and again is a lot of my clients will come, a lot of, not, not my clients currently um, or in the past, but prospective clients, and I generally don't take them on, but they'll say, I just want branding. And it's, it's I'm like, okay, well- you ask, what does that mean? <laughs> yes, and I say, I say, well, what does it mean to you? And because um, it's almost like the mirroring tactic that you were, you were saying before, which is wonderful for making sure that everyone's on the same page. Uh, but the, um, they will tell me that, oh, it's, it's, it's our logo, it's this, it's our brand statement, it's our mission statement, it's our products, it's, it's, our, it's look our feel, here's our brand guide. I'm like, okay, your branding is done. What you're looking for is probably visibility. Yes, yes, that's all I want. That's not all you want. Then you need to understand you want more than that. Um, visibility is, it, it's kind of what I always say is visibility is like Chinese food because after 30 minutes, you're hungry. And I think uh, people are always looking for sales in some way, shape or form. So I always like to say that I serve my Chinese food with a steak underneath. So as soon as they finish the Chinese food, the steak of leads and sales is underneath. So they can sink their teeth into that. I mean, look, I think, I think it boils down to value, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm value and I know what the client is looking for. I can hear what the client thinks that he mm -hmm. or she wants. Yep. And I know based on 25 years worth of experience, mm -hmm. what the client needs. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, at the end of the day, I think people by and large love being told what to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that we become allies with our clients when we tell them what they need to do and why. Mm -hmm. A couple of days ago, a client called and said, I have a corporate counsel who just received an award. Uh, she is going to be featured in this fantastic spread in this magazine. Mm -hmm. And she gave my name and the magazine now would like for me for our law firm to run an ad. And, mm. you know, I just wanted to ask what you think about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, this is a boutique law firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
my answer to that was, what do you expect out of running that one pager congratulatory right. ad? Mm -hmm. What would you like out of that? Mm -hmm. Well, we would like to generate business. Okay. For your brand, for your firm, for where you are, that's not going to be it. Right. You want to spend $15,000 on this? Let's spend $15,000 on one and two. And mm -hmm. then we're going to hit what we're looking to hit. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking me to look at what the return on your investment is, and I'm looking at it, I don't think it's running this ad for $15,000 to mm -hmm. congratulate someone that respects you on your own right. Right. You're handling the cases and you're delivering results. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on their roster. It's that yeah. simple. And it's, it's the same formula applies to us. Clients mm -hmm. calling me because clients on the fence, do I do this to please the client or do I do this because it's going to generate a return for us? Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of return are you looking for? If you're looking mm -hmm. for the client to say, whoa, that's great. You backed me up. Then check. You've met your criteria. But right. if you're looking to generate business, I think I go back to where a few minutes ago you said, well, it's a variety of things. Mm -hmm. that have to put into place there's a marketing mix right so what are we doing where are the touch points and mm -hmm. are we reaching our audience with those touch points mm -hmm. I, okay i have a question for you and this is something that i come up with um quite often when i speak to um people in the legal industry far and wide no matter what it is and what their role is is they mention a lot of services marketing services and other things that are they big air quotes here, industry standard um, for attorneys or for um, lawyers or for whatever. And um, over the years, I've seen a lot of these services and these services are the ones that build the websites and then they do the SEO packaged with the websites and then they do a pay-per-click ad that's local as well, all bundled in for like like a, like five a stupid price that I don't even want to mention. Okay, thank you. I've never been able to understand that. Okay. <laughs> Because well, what they do is they just put it's like it's like you want to know how the sausage is made it's made at the hot dog factory like it's 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 like the most garbage meat that they have possible and it's all automated by machines. Okay. So there's not one person that's seeing any of the good stuff. Um, but uh, what do, do you come up against that do people come in and say that you know, well, this is what everyone else is doing and this is kind of what I, I, I don't understand why we need to be doing something different. This is kind of what our industry standard is. No, I have to be fair to you and say that I do not come across that. If ever oh we come across that, it wouldn't be with an existing client, right? It would be with a potential client asking yeah. us for that kind of service, at which point I would say, we don't do that. This is our, we have a very specialized practice. Some would say that it's too specialized. I would say to you, Chris, I have seen a thing or two yeah. in the past two and a half decades. And that I submit to you gives me the ability to adapt and to somewhat predict what would be coming down, right? Yeah. Because I know the beast. I know mm -hmm. how the beast adapts and I know how the beast reacts. And so when someone comes to us and says, I'm interested in, this kind of engagement, I quickly say, 
We're incredibly specialized. This is what we can do for you. It's not sounding to me like we are the right fit for you, but we have a few fellows in the industry that might be able to work with you on that. So that's the answer. Mm. What I find has kept us from running into that with existing clients is the fact that, again, I go back to this listening and this sobering dialogue that we saw, for example, at the onset of the pandemic. Yes. If I could say in, you know, a short sentence, what the beginning of the pandemic was for us working with our clients is it was sobering dialogue, right? And Mm -hmm. that means proactive steps to help them engage, to help them connect with their clients, right? right? On a deeper level, Mm -hmm. because we're facing a global crisis. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing? How Mm -hmm. are you doing? And then that moved on to, okay, let's revise our plan. We had a timeline for what we were going to do. And now we're in the middle of a crisis. And so let's switch gears and do this for you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, to close the loop on the question, I think having the ability to have these sober conversations Mm -hmm. with clients prior, during, and I'm sure post-pandemic, is what makes the difference for us because rarely do we have clients asking, why are we not doing that? Mm -hmm. Um, We've had clients ask, is this, is the strategy working, you know, to your liking? Mm -hmm. Is it where you want it to be? And I think that's a fair question to ask. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Your client is with you when they're asking you those questions. Yeah. And it's, and this is why I love your approach too, because you are much like me and we're aligned that one of our differentiators is that we do focus on strategic thinking and strategic planning aside from just duct taping a bunch of tactics together and seeing what's going to fly. I think some, I think everyone that's listening to my voice right now or watching me talk should understand that um, a, a marketing strategy is not built on tactics. Just because all of a sudden a new social media site or a new tool came up does not mean that that's suitable for you right now for you to just slip right on like a pair of gloves. This is something that you have to look at very, very strategically to see how it's going to work best for you. So for example, I get the same sorts of questions, Elizabeth. I get the people that are coming and saying, well, why would I want to come with you when I can go over here? There's a firm that does um, social media marketing for $199 a month. They generate, um, they generate whatever they generate. And I said, they sound perfect. Go for them. Um, I, I'm, I, I think that if you were looking at $199 versus the amount of expertise that we're bringing to the table, the full team that you're going to be getting access to, how we execute things, you're probably just not ready for this, you know? Um, And in those cases, sometimes I'll do consulting and then it will be like, oh, there's more to this because- because Part of what we do is um, we educate our clients. Yeah. I mean, this is where the art of um, our craft comes in, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you think about it, why would a lawyer know what a marketing campaign entails. Of course. Why mm-hmm. would a law firm know how to best handle media relations? Mm-hmm. That frankly falls outside of their scope. Yep. Some of them are incredibly savvy. Some of them are better communicators than lawyers, 
I dare say, as a non-lawyer yeah. myself, but you see that some of them are keenly aware of public perception and how it is to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. And some you see that there simply is no rationalizing with this lawyer. I will tell you, as I say this, uh, one of the experiences that I had very early on in my career, um, we had an incredibly, um, uh, you know, entrepreneurial family um, embattled in uh, a family dispute. Okay. And um, a reporter wrote an article mm -hmm. and our client perceived it as a one-side article. Oh. And their approach to fix the situation, not only to fix it in their mind, but to uh, persuade the reporter mm -hmm. to revise or do a follow-up story mm -hmm. was to overwhelm the reporter with books that had been written about their family. So a chronology of their family history, this client thought that if we went to media and said, look, look at how important we are, look at all the books that have been written about our family, how dare you? write anything mm -hmm. other than we're a hardworking family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was very early on in my career. I remember saying, I don't think this is the right approach. I think that, you know, the reporter is not the enemy. The reporter must be engaged and we should, you know, provide key information to this reporter so that right. they have a clear perspective and then they have access to writing their story, right? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to here, do some reading, educate yourselves mm -hmm. on our history. And yeah. ultimately that's what was done. The books were sent to the reporter. As I said, it was very early on in my career. And the result of that was that um, we had a very strained and bitter relationship with that reporter for many years to come. Wow. So mm -hmm. this is an example of what not to do. This is an example of how important it is to work with someone mm -hmm. who has handled these situations yes. and understand. I think it's important to remember that there's always a human dynamic involved. Mm. Right. And there's respect and appreciation for what we do as communicators what journalists do as they cover news and as they uncover news mm -hmm. and for clients to have a clear and effective messaging, right? That, that really establishes uh, the chronology of, of a situation. Right. Yeah, no, and that it's a, the public perception angle is something that I wanted to kind of um, tag to one of our questions that we got from our audience. Um, and some, uh, a few people ask, isn't it best to keep quiet and not share our side of the story with the media? If we do that, the media will quickly lose interest and move on, no? I think that earlier on I said, you have to seize the narrative early yes. and often mm -hmm. because any crisis management expert will tell you it is almost impossible to switch the public perception once a narrative has been introduced, yes. mm -hmm. right? Um, and so 
it's really important to make sure that you establish a narrative that is believable, right? Mm -hmm. That it fits with the persona, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, right. people immediately, people pick up on those nuances. Mm -hmm. They know, they think you're hiding something. You know, so the answer is you have a game plan, right? You develop a strategy. Mm -hmm. You have thoughts and key messages that establish your point from the very beginning. And you stay on those. Mm -hmm. Look, the fact that a reporter will come and ask you countless questions, frankly, doesn't mean that you have the answer to yep. the questions. Mm -hmm. No one ever said you had to have all the answers. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? If you're asking me, about a situation, I can only give you my perspective. Yes. The person next to me will give you a completely different perspective, perhaps because they saw it from a different angle than I did. Right. But there is one truth mm -hmm. that we both saw from that same side. So mm -hmm. that one point has to remain. And that's the credible narrative that you have to establish from the onset. Mm -hmm. And like I said, if you don't do that, it's an uphill battle to change that. Yeah, and, and it is, it's extremely true. And that's why a lot of times when um, any of my clients, aside from, aside from legal in any industry, if there are, if anything pops, if one of the skeletons that I didn't see pops out of the closet and rears its ugly head, I immediately say, let's get in front of this, let's create the storyline, let's figure out how, what we're gonna say. And if they need to get media involved, we can always like, we always pass over to one of our uh, experienced PR partners. Um, but it's, it's so interesting. It's one of the things that I always say when we're onboarding a client, okay, cone of silence. What should I know that's bad? Tell me now, because I can, I can keep it in my back pocket. The team can look out for red flags. And we've had some clients that have been extremely forthcoming to the point where it's almost like, you can have to change my perception about some of this stuff. But, um, but, uh, but that upfront honesty helped us protect that client and helped yeah, us change the narrative. Uh, absolutely. You know why? Because we're all in this together. Yeah. At the end of the day, what I always say to clients is your success is my success. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me what you did, I'm pretty similar to what I say to our 10 year old. If you tell me the truth, we can fix it. Mm -hmm. If you don't tell me the truth, then we're really going to be in a bind here, mm -hmm. right? Because then I'm going to be angry. And this is what happens to the public perception, right? Yep. They're too savvy. Mm -hmm. We know. So come clean. Tell us. When mm -hmm. I think of this, you know, for some reason, after all these years, the image in my mind is um, that lady that um, was a, a renowned chef uh, Paula Dean. Oh, yeah. Everyone loved Paula Dean. Mm -hmm. Who didn't love a stick of butter? Who didn't yeah. love that? <laughs> <laughs> and Paula was happy to be interviewed by the world, her husband, her boys. I knew all about Paula. Mm -hmm. And when these allegations came up, Paula was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. The public is too smart. Mm hmm the public, if you are a public figure, the public is entitled to your 
reaction. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't yep, have to be absolutely. good, bad, or indifferent, frankly, mm-hmm. but you have to have a reaction. And that's what Paula didn't realize at that time that by not coming forward, she came forward. Yep. This is a challenge mm-hmm. that we see with some of our clients decision by indecision. Mm-hmm. The fact that you don't make the meeting doesn't mean anything other than you've allowed the public to interpret your reaction. Mm-hmm. In essence, you have failed to define your narrative. It's up for grabs. Yep. People will say different things. That's what you run into when you don't define your narrative. Mm-hmm. Did you, in fact, commit the offense? I committed the offense. Not only did I commit the offense, after committing the offense, I then went on and established a new course that includes best practices so that no one else makes the mistake that I made at the time I made it. So while I made the mistake, I immediately took action to correct the mistake. And not only will that apply to me, that will apply to the masses because now the masses will have access to this type of training that will prevent this kind of behavior from repeating itself. Right. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I can fully expect that. Yeah. No, I love that. I I want to I want to change gears a little bit because I know uh, we got some business development questions, and I think that that's that's a good that's a good note to hit. Um, what are your other clients seeing, um, and how are they managing business development? You know, um, clients ask me that all the time. What's happening? What are they doing? And my answer is always, you and your practice are unique. So while I can tell you that the other side is focusing on social media and not traditional public relations, I don't think that that is the best use of our time in our strategy, because Mm -hmm. as we look at your situational analysis, we know that you're not lacking in your social media. Mm -hmm. So it's an unfair comparison because you're looking to challenge yourself. You're looking to Mm -hmm. run your law firm to the best of your ability with the team that you have, which is completely different from the ones that all the other law firms have. And so aside from that, and most importantly, you don't share the same clients. Mm -hmm. So really the end game is to provide the best services for your clients. Mm -hmm. So looking at what your other clients are doing, what my other clients are doing Mm -hmm. is not a good indicator of what you should be doing to connect with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I have a, I have a saying I'm, I have a hundred sayings, but like I have one of the sayings that I have is um, when a client comes to us and they just say that they are the best. Mm -hmm. And I say that, well, you know what you are? You're a unique snowflake then. And they're like, well, well, uh, okay. And I said, you're a unique snowflake in a snowstorm that has uh, thousands and millions of unique snowflakes in it. So let's see why, maybe it's in the genetic makeup of of your particles or what, what is it that really makes you special? And it's kind of just, looking at what someone's doing over the fence 
just because, oh, they have a grill over there on the patio. I'm going to get one of the, it's like, that's not how we live. We should be living our lives in business. We should be focusing and leaning into our, what makes us amazing. Our, is it our team? Is it our experience? Is it our track record? I mean, there's so many things to and lean into. it's a into. combination, it turns out, right? Yeah. Well, oh my God, absolutely. What we have in common is that we're all looking to offer a higher service, mm -hmm. right? That's what we know for sure. Exactly. And it's so competitive, right? Mm -hmm. And we go about it differently. We mm -hmm. all go about it differently. And isn't that the name of the game, right? It is. What works for you doesn't work for me, perhaps. And this is something else. This kind of goes on to another subject too. And um, an area that I know you know quite a bit about, um, which is leadership coaching. And um, why do you think a, a law firm or the head of a law firm or an attorney, a lawyer would need leadership coaching? Because in leadership coaching, what you do is you outline proactive steps. First, you outline a goal. And then you outline proactive steps that help you engage and connect right. with your clients. Mm -hmm. And there's accountability, mm -hmm. right? You're held accountable. We speak on a weekly basis, right? And in speaking, we hear your concerns and we hear your client's concerns and we are able to pull themes and we are able to set reasonable objectives. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And this accountability method, do you know that in the beginning when I started working with a professional, the first few weeks, I would say months, what, always happens is I had to do this because I knew I was talking to you. And so I had to hurry up and do this. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me about it. Cramming for the test, huh? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's very good. They are cramming for the test. But guess what? It becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. After a few months, mm -hmm. it's a habit that these people have been able to form. And what that habit does is it creates deeper connections, a better understanding who they are as a practitioner and what they bring to the table. Precisely. When mm -hmm. an opportunity arises, we immediately are able to determine whether this is a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. And I submit to clients that sometimes most importantly is to know if you're the right fit and if the client is the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, I think that I, I would feel that sometimes people in the legal industry might find leadership coaching as a title, a little off-putting. Yes. How do you explain it to them to kind of like, because I understand it very well, because I, I agree with everything that you said. I think um, sometimes this is the, this is the best first step for an engagement with a client that isn't quite, isn't quite ready, but has all of the raw materials that you just need to kind of just put in the right spot and have them understand what they're, the bushel that they're sitting on top of, you know what I mean? What the light is underneath it. Um, how do you explain the, the title? Ask, rather than explain, I ask clients to name me what sports uh, figure mm -hmm. has achieved greatness without a coach. Mm. That's my question. Have you yeah. seen the Serena Williams of the world conquer without 
daily training. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen, uh, you know, we can leave the sports and move on to music. Have you seen Celine Dion after all these years mm -hmm. in the industry? Every day, she will tell you she practices two to three hours with a coach to refine her voice mm -hmm. after such a trajectory. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that where we see the magic of leadership coaching, and you're in fact correct, I think people are put off by it. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to admit that they work with coaches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a stigma attached to it. Maybe it's similar. I never thought of it this way, but maybe it's similar to saying uh, that you have a therapist. Yes. Although now it seems like everyone has a therapist, but a decade ago, having a therapist was like you, you had yeah. mental issues, mm -hmm. right? And um, so, so to me, you know, when someone says I'm working with a coach, my hat off to you because yeah. it tells me that you're really organized, mm -hmm. you're really focused, and you're zeroing in on your strengths, and you're really attacking your weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're bolstering that, that that you don't like to do that that you know you don't have to do and what you have to do and how to be at the top of your game mm -hmm. most of the time chris when people call me uh to work on a potential matter it's because another client has recommended our services right mm -hmm. and the recommendation is i was told you're the person i have to work with i don't know what i have to do but apparently you're going to tell me what i have to do right and when a potential client comes to us and says that, I think we're on to something. Mm -hmm. I think we can work together because you and I got to know each other through our work. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you and I just hop on Zoom mm -hmm. and talk about what you're seeing, about what I'm seeing. Yeah. And I learn from you mm -hmm. and you take away from me. Yes. That's the name of the game, mm -hmm. right? But we right. only do it a few times, mm -hmm. right? So we're not holding ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. When you're working with a coach, you're really perfecting and refining and redefining your attributes as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and it's it's it, it's one of those processes that I think a lot of people once they understand what it is, they they're a little they're a little apprehensive because they are going to have to do some tough introspection in terms of their attributes, like you mentioned. And one of the things I would like to just throw out there, it, it, it really is with what you do in terms of um, leadership coaching, it's really valuable for fine tuning exactly who you are as an individual or a firm. And it is important to work with the coach. I, I do consulting and I do coaching on the side. I don't talk about it because a lot of people don't always love the idea of coaching because it's not, here's the thing. I'm not a life coach. I'm not, I'm not telling people how to live their lives. What we're doing is we're telling people how to make the most out of their business professionally and how they can reach the next level and all the things that we would do for you. It's really helpful if, if you want to be able to understand truly how to, to represent yourself fully it's good to be able to take accountability for your actions and understand how you can level yourself up. 
Um, and having somebody that's there that is not going to judge you, that's just going to hold you accountable and be understanding. Um, because I feel the same thing. I, I've had, I had a couple of coaching clients and they were, they would do the same thing. Oh, these meetings, I think we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do them a little, little bit less frequently because I mean, I just, I have, I have so much going on and it's like, okay, right now we're gonna stop. I want you to name everything that you're doing that's preventing you from doing this. It's a short list. It's a real short list. It's just hard to look at yourself sometimes. I, I mean, I, under, I understand. Absolutely, but yeah. if we don't look at ourselves, I don't think we're able to elevate ourselves to the next step, Precisely. right? Like, and, and that's exactly what we're looking to do. We're looking to continuing to bring value and to generate business. And the only way we can do that is if we're keenly aware. And we're only keenly aware if we understand what we're made out of, right? Yep. And, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I talked earlier about the 360 view. I think that's what happens in leadership coaching, right? You can see, let, let's take a managing partner, for example, has to contend with not only running a practice, but also running a law firm. And so you're talking about two incredibly demanding roles yes. here, right? And you can add to that generating a book of business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, we're looking at three incredibly um, difficult and discriminating, right, roles mm -hmm. that right. we play. And you're in your head. The best way I can see it is we are in our heads. And when you're working with a coach, the coach is able to say, you're running on empty here. You're spending 80% of your time developing the book of business and the running of the firm is only receiving 10% mm -hmm. and morale at the firm is low. What can we do to boost morale? Mm -hmm. So you're seeing it in black and white, right? There's this accountability that I talked about. What are the proactive steps that mm -hmm. we can do to bring right, this to a place where it needs to be, where the machine mm -hmm. can run efficiently and effectively and where there's profitability. Right, right? yeah. Do we need to bring more people in? Do we mm -hmm. need to hire? Do we need to clean house, right? Mm -hmm. Where are we on performance? So it's, it's a situational analysis yes. on a weekly basis mm -hmm. is, is what it is and why someone wouldn't want to do that is beyond me, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it might just be a lack of understanding, which is where we come in. We educate our clients and exactly. what they can expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely a concept that I think is a little bit, it's, 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 it can be on the surface when someone sees